Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats Podcast. It is Monday, February 26th. This is episode 79. That's Chuck McAtinick, Don Harris, Matt Roy. I hope everyone is having a good day, and we are live today. So if you are joining us live, I'll do my best to not drop my second F-bomb on the podcast. What happened? That was like... Two, what, two weeks ago, Chuck? It took 75 episodes, and I finally did one? Yes. The question is, did anybody stick your hand out and smack it with a ruler? No, not that day. That well, there you go. That would have been your job. That what was the context? It was right at the end, and I said, I don't know, something about Devin Vassell. I was, oh, I was telling Devin Vassell to pass the freaking ball. Oh, yeah. And so, well, you know. that's understandable. See, that's what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, for people who don't know, we start with our number game every time. This is episode 79. What does the number 79 remind you of? I put Forrest Gregg down. Nothing he, comes to mind. That was a little out of left field with the Forrest Gregg thing because I wasn't aware that he actually at one point did wear 79. One season. It's got to be Jose Abreu, right? I mean, can you think of anybody else? I mean, Don will. <laughs> Don will. I know he will. So, How about a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl MVP? Who? Harvey, Harvey Martin. Martin. I didn't know that. Of course you did because you weren't born. Yeah, exactly. Why would I know that? But how did I know Forrest Gregg then? That's what I'm saying. If you know Forrest Gregg, then you got to know Harvey Martin. Well, you know Forrest Gregg is a Packer. He played one season with the Cowboys, and he won a Super Bowl in 71. So, I mean, Jose Abreu is the other one, though. Okay. Jose Abreu is 79. Now now a Houston Astro, obviously. Longtime White Sox. White Sox? Is it plural? White Sox? Anyway. White Sox guy. Yeah, White Sox guy. White Sox player. Um, Not a lot of other good 79s, though. None in the NBA. Really, none in, not a lot of really good ones in baseball. You got a good one on here, though, that Forrest Gregg, obviously being one of them, but Lou Graham winning the Valero Texas Open I got in a story about that. Do you really? Shocker. Uh, okay. Go ahead. No, no, you first. <laughs> I'm 14 years old. At the time, I was uh, playing middle school golf, and there was about a three-year stretch where me and Wesley Putman, Tim Howard, a couple other guys, our moms would write us notes sick to get us out of school on like the Thursday and Friday of the, of the Texas Open. We got badges from, I think, Tim Howard's dad. And we would go down to Oak Hills. They would drop us off the Dairy Queen on Fredericksburg. And we'd go into Oak Hills, and we would just have the run of the place. That's where I got Lee Trevino's autograph, where he screamed at me for going on the practice screen. And that weekend, like on Thursday... We were just going around looking at different groups, and we befriended Mrs. Graham, hold a hole. And we would see her on Thursday, and then we saw her again on Friday, and we would walk a couple of holes with her as just little nice kids talking to her. Her husband was doing well. So we, we be kind of came at so. her little cheery, like we walked with her. So we felt like we were part of the family <laughs> when he won on Sunday. It was really cool. I wasn't there on Sunday. You know but, where it was played in 79? Oak Hills. Yeah. Of course. 
I mean, I was I, telling you I was there. Well, yeah, it was it was kind of a. I didn't realize that the Valera had been played at so many different places. Like it used to be played at Brack, right? Long, oh, long, long time ago. Yep. Long time ago. Then it went uh, La Cantera, and then over to TPC. I think it went to Oak Hills for all throughout the seventies and eighties. Right. And 90s. It was a Doe Kills for a long, long time. See, I thought you were going to come up with Lou Graham from Foreigner. Who knew that Lou Graham from Foreigner was an avid golfer to begin with, much less a good golfer? Yeah, now we have it in the background here. <laughs> I uh, want to know what love is. <laughs> Some other stuff that happened in 79. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, scored his first goal ever in 1979. Uh, ESPN debuted in 1979. They became the worldwide leader and something we all know and love now. Uh, great year for Pittsburgh. The Pirates won the World Series in 1979. Steelers won we the Super Bowl. We are family. We are and family. And the Sonics beat the Bullets in the NBA Finals. So Don and The Spurs Sp- lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Bullets after yeah. having a three games to one lead and became one of the first teams to ever blow a 3-1 lead. Which is also convenient because the Pirates actually became the second team ever to come we back from a 3-1 family. lead. family. Yeah. Uh, 3-1 definitely. Uh, I my sisters and me. Dave's, Man, we're going. Is, we're really way back off the rails machine. early. <laughs> All right, so Don, we haven't uh, talked to you really since the All Star Weekend uh, here on the podcast. At least uh, you were off the pod last week. I was off on Thursday. So give us a quick two minutes, two three minutes on your experience at All Star Weekend and what it was like for Victor from your perspective. He was really busy, and that was the plan with his people. He debuted the Louis Vuitton stuff. He did two events, you know, in the Rising Stars and the Skills Competition. They had him going all weekend long. It started with appearances on Thursday, the Tech Summit on Friday where he was with the commissioner, practices, the events. He was the biggest star there, and he wasn't an all-star. That's my takeaway. Like LeBron and Giannis and those guys came in and were interviewed in the big room where, where Giannis was, but by far, the focus was on Victor, which is strange because, A, he's a rookie, and, B, he wasn't an all-star. And then all I'll tell you is go listen to the three-minute answer from Giannis Antetokounmpo's press conference when asked about Victor, and that's all you need to know. Just listen to what Giannis says. It's unbelievable. Victor looked tired. He sounded tired. He looked tired at the end of of everything. Like Even at the end of Friday, he was – after the Rising Stars thing, you, Chuck, you and I talked about this, where it was just like, he was like, well, I could t- check another thing off the list of what I have to do this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I, he was. They, he never stopped. And that, I, first of all, he should have been an all-star. He's good enough to be an all-star. He'd let, he, in the month of February alone, he's leading like seven other teams in blocks, like just himself. So, I mean, he's phenomenal. But to get away from just a Wemby is awesome um, conversation, which we tend to go to because he is awesome in the Spurs. It's really the only fun thing to talk about with the Spurs lately. I wanted to talk about something different today. So we're getting to the to the back nine, at least, for a lot of the faces of the NBA. LeBron is probably, you know, putting on 17 right now. Um, <clears throat> Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, uh, Chris Paul, a lot of those guys are, they're almost done. And so it's almost time to anoint a new face of the NBA. So starting with Chuck, and then we'll go to Don. Who is the next face of the NBA? We have so many great young stars. Luka, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Edwards. We have so many great young stars. Who is the next face of the NBA? Do we, do we know it yet? Well, I mean, I guess for me it would be Giannis at this point. Mm-hmm. 
already won one championship. You have to assume at some point he's going to win another one. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to be this year unless they get some things figured out. I don't know. I guess I haven't really given it much thought. You know, Tatum's another one. You you named all the guys. Well, it's, it's a, Does it have to be somebody from a league perspective? Does it have to be an American-born player? Or do... Or has the game evolved to the point where, because it's a global game, that it's okay if there are foreign guys that are the face of the league? Because, I mean, you know, most of the guys that you just mentioned aren't American-born players. I think it's, I mean, the conversation stems from Jason Tatum saying, I think it's mine to take right now as being the face of the league. Because, like, LeBron is still a face, but he's going to retire within the next three, four years probably, unless he's just keeps defying father time. So is it Jason Tatum's to take, Don? It's, it's, what does it mean, you know? I mean, when Tim Duncan was the best player, Kobe was the face of the NBA because you have to have Madison Avenue behind you. So you got to check that box. I'm not sure Jason Tatum has that. Steph does. Steph's on all the Subway commercials and all the, you know, the Charles Barkley type shack. You got to be, Huge by Madison Avenue standards. Plus, you have to win. I, I think Victor is the long-term face because he's likable. The, uh, some of these other guys, Luka Doncic is a great player, but he doesn't really embrace all of that. Joker is the best player in the NBA. He he His jersey's he like doesn't want that. 20. He doesn't want it. No. Giannis, Steph, but of these young guys – you know, I could see Anthony Edwards. I mean, if you saw that movie, uh, the Adam Sandler movie, he stole the show. He's got charisma, man. He does. And he's really, really good. I think he could be the face of the NBA, and I think it's it's Victor. It was Victor last weekend because he's got Madison Avenue. He's going to have the commercials. He's going to have the winning, I think, um, and the personality because you have to have the personality, which Jason Tatum, I don't necessarily – believe does so let me ask this because i figured that you would go to victor and i i personally don't think he is or will be soon because my number one requirement of being the face of the nba is you have to be the face on the biggest stage which is in the finals in the yeah. conference finals you have to show that you're a winner and right now they're not even close right his team i mean he is phenomenal yes 100 percent. the spirit of performance is what defines acura and now it's electric Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. He checks off the accomplishments checkmark or the box. But winning is important, and within the next five years, there's not really a, a a path to the Spurs being really good in within the next I, I, three. He's 19, 20. Yeah, 20. I think between the ages of 24 and 34, the Spurs, if he stays here, and Victor will be like the Duncan career. They will be in the conversation. I don't know that they'll go to all the finals every year, but they'll be one of the four teams left standing, one of the 16, eight teams left standing. They'll they'll be a they'll have a chance for a championship for a ten year window 
that opens four years from now. But that could happen after Giannis now maybe wins another finals or wins another MVP. Yeah. Nikola Jokic is going to win another MVP this year. So you're three saying and the four immediate years. next phase. The, well, I mean, what I'm saying is that the face of the NBA is open and ready to be had right now. Steph, then. It's going to be Steph because Steph's going to hang around Steph's for 30, Steph's 35 Steph's years old. Steph's going to play five more years. Yeah, but I'm saying Anthony Edwards is 22, if, in the, and he's on the best team in the West. Yeah. So if they go on and win the NBA Finals this year, Anthony Edwards, with as charismatic as he is, he could be the number one face in the NBA could be. by the end of the year. If they win the final, yeah. He could Can be. you have the face of the NBA play in a market like San Antonio? That's another question. Could you have the face of the NBA play in, in Oklahoma City when Kevin Durant was coming out? Well, you could, but it didn't happen. I mean, th- those guys all what about, left. What about Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, LeBron left. was in Cleveland, and, and he Dare left. I say, Wimby in four years yep. is playing for the Lakers. <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the thought has to cross your mind. <laughs> but at some that goes point. to a better question as well. Can you do that? I think you can because personally, like all of these markets in the NBA aren't the big. They're really not the biggest ones. Like you don't have a Wemby playing for the Knicks. You don't have a Wemby playing for the Lakers. You have Anthony Edwards playing for a relatively small market in Minnesota because those are the bad teams that got the good players. You know what I mean? So it's like LeBron went to the Lakers later in his career after two stints in Cleveland because that's where he wanted to end his career at for other things beyond basketball and maybe where he wanted to play with the sun at, get be closer to his family and all that stuff. You don't have to be in a big market to be a big star. In the NBA, at least. Maybe in the NFL you do. Maybe in baseball you do. You don't really have I'm to. I'm with you, but I don't know that that's the perception of what New York thinks or the league offices think about that because that's why these guys ultimately end up in the big cities. Well, would it have been different if Kobe was in San Antonio and Tim Duncan was in L.A.? It's not like Tim Duncan's – I mean, you and you would know this question better than I would. Tim's personality – he wouldn't have just become Kobe because he was in LA. Kobe no. wouldn't have just become Tim because he was here. It's the innate personality of the person that became that is why Kobe became the face. Yeah, I mean Shaq was a big deal in Orlando, but he wasn't Shaq until he got to LA. But Shaq is also one of the most boisterous, charismatic person. Yeah. yeah. It like it takes on the character of that. So like I think when it comes to who the face of the NBA is going to be, you have to look one at the person that it is. Is it a charismatic? Is it a is it a person willing to go the extra mile and be in the spotlight all the time, be on social media, be on podcasts, do these interviews, do these wacky things. Is it a person that's on a winning team? Second. And three, are you willing to go the extra mile to become what Adam Silver is going to tout you to be? Yeah. And that's why I think in time, Wimby will be because he checks all those boxes. Tim did not. Tim didn't want it. Tim wanted to, do the minimum media-wise, endorsement-wise. He wanted to concentrate on playing basketball. Wimby is more like Kobe and Shaq. He he wants the attention. He wants he wants to be in the dunk contest. He wants to be in the three-point shootout. He wants shoe deals. He wants Louis Vuitton. He wants to be in commercials. He wants to be an actor after basketball is over with. Wimby wants this stuff that's required. Is San Antonio big enough for the league to make that happen with him here, or does he have to go somewhere else to get it? I don't know. It's a long way away. Does it say something like that we're asked, still asking the question, does the NBA want to basically commit to San Antonio in that way, even after they've won five championships and had probably a top 10 player well, of all time on their team? If you're good and you're contending for championships, you're going to be on television every week. The Spurs were with Tim Tony Amato. They suck. That's why they're not on television now. It, it's not. I don't believe the TV market thing. You know that we all the conspiracy of Spurs fans from 
the 90s, all the NBA doesn't like us because we're a small market. You win, you get a seat at the table. And so they've got to win first. And then they'll be on national television. I mean, they, they got, what, 19 more national TV games this year than last year just because of Wimby? They did get flexed out of a couple of them, though, after, the, after well, this first started sucking. And they should. Um, let me throw another name <laughs> at you guys then. What about John Morant? No. Face of the league, it's hard to, with all the baggage at this point. The baggage kills him. Everybody loves a redemption story. I mean, yeah, I do too. And, really, I, and I like watching the guy play ball. Yeah, I don't he, know if you guys do, but I, I mean, he's one of those guys that you would pay money to go watch play. He didn't have an opportunity to have that redemption story this year, obviously, because he came back and then got hurt. But I could see him coming back next year and all the hoopla of like, oh, John Moran is back on the court and all this stuff. I could see him overtaking that because when he was when he was healthy, when Desmond Bain was healthy, when Jaron Jackson was healthy, they were the second seed last year. Do you want John Morant on television as your spokesman for your product? That's what will decide it. Chevy, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, smiling spots, right? And those people are not going to use John Morant. So if I gave you Anthony Edwards, Jason Tatum, or John Morant for the next to choose as the face of the NBA, who would it be? Hmm. I guess Jason Tatum at this point, but he's got to do a little more winning. I mean, got to do more than he's done. He's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's been to the finals. What he was in the finals two years ago, and then got beat by the Heat last year in a, in in seven. He had, and he didn't show up in he's the seventh game. He's got some big spots, right? He's got some big endorsement deals. He's got a couple. He's a subway guy. The yeah. subway. I feel like subway has everybody right now. So yeah. <laughs> but, it's him or Ant. Ants behind them. I, th- I think it's an interesting conversation because you, you're on, we're on the back end of so so many historically good players that it's like okay, who wants to be that guy right now? And the superstar, the biggest player in the NBA right now, the best player in the NBA is Nikola Jokic, and he's not. He just wants to go bet on horses and and ride his horses around Serbia. So it's like, yeah, who, what are you gonna do? <laughs> very much like Tim Duncan. What is, what else does it say about the league? It, very much like Tim Duncan. What else does it say about the league that I wrote down? Nine names there. Four of them are foreign-born players. What does that say about the status of the NBA right now? I mean, Luka, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Wemby, all of them foreign-born players and all of them vying to be the face of the NBA. Does wait, that help them? Wait till you see the top ten prospects for the 2024 draft. I know. Did you look at that mock draft earlier? Holy cow, man. You, there's one that's from Ron Holland from Duncanville mm-hmm. is like – the lone American. Like, Wimby could put three French guys from his junior teams. Like, three of them are the top five picks coming up. Yeah, French no. It, kids. I was looking at the 2025 mock draft, and it was like Spain, France, Serbia. Like, uh, it was just going down the they're list. And they're, all, and they're all 18 years old. They're doing it better. I think this kind of stuff sorts itself out with winning. But right? If somebody gets on a roll and starts winning multiple championships, then that's where the league's going to go. Yeah. It'll be an easy sell. So let's say Nikola Jokic in the in the Denver Nuggets win again this year. That'll be he'll be a three time MVP three in the last four years, and they'll be a two time defending NBA champion. You would think the face of the NBA is then going to either be him or Jamal Murray. You would think, but I mean, it's like watching promos at the beginning of the season when the league was hyping itself and they had all these different players that were in the promo and there was one little shot of Jokic in there and it was in there very, very briefly and it was buried amongst the other 
faces of the league. Now that reminds like me of those so. ABC opens for the finals, remember? And they would show, they would start in the 50s and show Russell and they would go to Dr. J and, and we'd be like, Right? There's one team that won, you know, five. Yeah. Where's the shot of Tim Duncan? You know, exactly. Do you think that uh, this is this is? I'm getting off on a tangent now, but do you think that hurts Tim Duncan's legacy that he wasn't that boisterous? Like people, people will often leave him out of the top ten players of all time, which is no way he should be left out of the top ten. But because they don't even know some stuff about him, uh, those who know know. But yes, the younger generation that ranks things like Kobe ahead of Tim or Shaq ahead of Tim or, Jesus, Larry Bird. <laughs> if you tell me one more time that Larry Bird is higher ranked in the top ten than Tim Duncan, I'm going to, you know, bang my head against the wall. Yeah. Yes, but they think that. And yeah. I, I, I guarantee you it doesn't cross Tim Duncan's one mind. Not- Tim Duncan knows what he did. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need anybody telling him I don't think he's thought about it for a while. Nope. <laughs> Could care less. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about with the Spurs, I didn't put it on the rundown because it's absent-minded, but last night, uh, Keldon Johnson got pulled from the game because he fouled Laurie Markkinen on a three-point play, or a four-point play, fouled him on a three-point shot, and uh, he it was ended up being a four-point play. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Um, Pop didn't talk after the game, but the assistant coach that did said, basically, we got to try some new stuff. Yeah, it's it's consistent mistakes. Don, what what did you think of Keldon being pulled out of the game and like the new kind of this is the first time we've really seen punishment outwardly like that. Good old pop, man. That's the way it used to be. Malik wouldn't play for a month if he did something like that. Right. <laughs> is that what is that what they need? Is that? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's it's too little too late in this part of the season. We saw it was on the video board the other day, right, when they briefly came home for practice. And, again, I, I just don't know how that this is not making a, a bigger deal at this point. This was on the video board while they were practicing. So the media's let in. They know what they're doing when they have something like this on the video board. It says goals, okay? Can you read these? Because I don't have my cheaters. <laughs> Number one, thank you, Paul. <laughs> best we can be. Number two, play for each other. Number three, be responsible to your teammates. Number four, be unselfish. Number five, accept roles. That should be number one. Number six, figure it out together and do it with class. There you go. So is did they say the quiet part out loud? I mean, I think it's all right there. It wasn't to win more ball games. It wasn't to... You know, see if we can make a push to get – the goals are to be selfless, right? Or and am to I accept your wrong? role and to play for each other and to be responsible with your teammates, all of which Vassell, Sohan, Keldon. I'm glad you actually brought that back up because I was listening to you guys talk, you and Zach talk about this on Thursday because um, I'm an avid listener of the Sneakers Complete podcast. Because <laughs> um, you have to be. <laughs> no, because I, I want to be. You know, a, yeah. a, someone goes back and you watch the film, you know, right. got to correct mistakes. Right. Right. But anyway, so you were making it seem like the, that the since winning wasn't on there, like those things weren't to 
win. Like these things aren't teaching people or, or the goal isn't to win at this point. The goal is to do what? Well, I'm sorry if that's your perception, but without these right here, you don't get winning. And so the goal to me going forward, as they state in their own credos, are we got to learn to play together. We got to learn to be selfless and we're not doing it for each other right now. We've gone three quarters of the season and these are your goals. Some ain't right. Well, to me, that says, these are your goals if you want to be here next year. <laughs> because I think at some point, and this is an interesting call, because, you know, the those, there are plenty of pop critics these days, right? Plenty of calls to run him off. He's old, the game's passing by, blah, blah, blah. Truth of the matter is, Pop and Wimby have a pretty good relationship. Truth of the matter is the pop and RCs of the world have learned, and Brian Wright, have learned from the Kawhi fiasco. They're not going to make that mistake again. They are going to be in lockstep with their star. And Wimby, whether it's public or not, and it won't be public, will decide who's going to play with him in the future long term. What trade pieces, whatever. Uh, Wimby's a good kid. He's a good teammate. He's a good friend. He's young, so he comes in here all for one, one for all. I love Wimby. I, I mean, he says, I, I love Devin. I love Keldon. I love Jeremy. 70 games into a season where you're winning 11 and you're not getting the rock and you're frustrated, at some point, as much as they're telling these guys, throw him the dang ball, right, as frustrated as they are of hearing it, whether they do or whether not does determine – whether they're going to be here. Because like Michael Jordan, like Giannis in Milwaukee this year, he ran off Drew Holiday to get Dame Lillard. He thought he had a better chance to win with Dame. He made that call. You don't go, you don't, you don't make a trade like that without your superstar signing off on it, especially when he's going to determine whether he wants to stay in Milwaukee for the rest of his career. You check with your stars. Tim Duncan made certain calls. Tim acted like he didn't, but Tim Duncan ran off Steven Jackson the second time. Tim Tim Duncan, you know, worked with the with the team on what was going to be around them. He gave up money to bring in Richard Jefferson, and it was immediately buyer's remorse. So Wimby is going to have the say over who's going to be on this team, and that tells me we're trying to help you guys. We're trying to tell you what it's going to take for you to be here and play with this guy who's going to the Hall of Fame. Quit doing the stupid stuff. And last night was a case where Keldon did the stupid stuff, sit down, tired of it. Should have happened earlier in the season, but I think it didn't because this generation of players is so soft, he didn't want to lose them. That was going to be my question. Like, why did we wait until 60 games in to do this then? Why did we go through a 19-game losing valid streak? Question. Why, valid did, question. why did we go through all of this stuff to begin the season uh, and, and lose? We're now, what, 11-46, and 46, something like that? Why did, why did all of that have to take place for you to bench Keldon Johnson when he fouls a three-point shooter? Why did all of that have to take place for you to play Malachi Branham a little bit more or Blake Wesley or whoever? You know what I mean? Like, why did we have to go through all of that? I, I think they would tell you they were trying to figure it out. They were trying to figure out if Jeremy Sohan could, could play point guard. That lasted way too long, that experiment. Mm-hmm. But And playing Wemby away from the basket, that lasted way too long as an experiment. There was a lot of stuff that lasted way too long. But it's easy for us to sit here and cast stones given their record. It's They're an easy target at this point. But 
I think it's fascinating that of all the things that you're going to list, and again, these things were out there so that reporters could see this is what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. If you know, not to get more rebounds, not to be you know to be better on transition defense. The goals were all about being a better teammate. So it's almost like in. So if I'm mischaracterizing the comments, let me know. It's almost like there's a problem internally with the players not choose or not picking their roles correctly. They're not they're not picking up the culture that Pop is trying to set, and so now they're trying to show everybody else. It's like, okay, this is what we're yeah, trying to do. There's too much freelancing. We gotta, you know, here are the roles. Here's what we here's what we've envisioned for this team, and it might be one guy. It might be multiple guys. It might be all of the guys. I don't know. But that was written on what was written on the board. I think, and I said it two or three months ago, who's the Robin to Wimby's Batman? And the problem is, is that Devin, Jeremy, and Keldon all thought they were Batman. And that is, I mean, just inexcusable, right? And maybe you can't tell a first and second year guy that, hey, whoa, 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 we, this other guy's the Batman because they're still trying to make their way in their career and get paid and all that kind of stuff. So David and Tim didn't have to worry about that because when they came into the current teams that were here, those older veterans were smart enough and matured enough to go, we got a Batman. These guys are like, oh, this young kid's getting all the attention, blah, blah, blah. Pick and roll, I'm going to take it to the right. And even if, you know, as those teams evolved, like even with Dave taking the quote-unquote lesser role, even though Dave was Batman too, it's like you've still got two Batmans, but you're still learning how to do it together, and there's only one ball. So there has to be a flow to whatever it is that we're trying to do. And do you think that was targeted mainly for Keldon and Devin? Devin's coming around. He's been he's been playing a little bit better in the last couple of weeks too, and and he's learning to throw it more on the pick and roll and doing a better job. He still takes a lot of really tough shots with contested shots that are I would say are bad shots, but he's coming around. Uh, Jeremy's Jeremy. Keldon's gonna. I mean, Devin's gonna have to be your third or fourth best player if you're gonna contend for a championship. I think they so they have to they have to get better players whether that's through the draft or veteran free agents, but. I mean, I've compared him to the Warriors, and you had Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Wimby's one of those. You have to get another. And then Devin might be your Clay, and uh, Sohan might be your Draymond. But Sohan is not going to be your Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 just, I was just thinking the Jeremy uh, – uh, Draymond comparison. Draymond is like a one of a kind player. He's made himself into something that is almost irreparable or irreplaceable yeah. or ir, um, mm-hmm. can't be replicated. But he's a Swiss Army knife and he's a hustle guy and he's a rebound guy. He's a scrappy guy and he plays good defense. Jeremy can be all that, but he can't be your point guard. Like he's, he, you want him to be like the Rodman to those Bulls teams. You yeah. want him to be like that guy. Yeah. Got it. We still need a Pippin here. <laughs> I think that, Chuck, you're right when it says like those being on the board this far in. For a team that is going to probably lose more games than they did last year when they had the first pick in the draft, it does speak volumes. They're saying the quiet part out loud when they when that happens. Couldn't agree more. 
Uh, we were going to get to a little bit of football here, but I actually enjoyed that conversation uh, for about 30 minutes there. So we're going to wrap up here a little bit sooner than than uh, I anticipated, but we'll save them. I want to talk about Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Zimmer missing the uh, Combine, but Combine's this week, this weekend. We can talk about that on Thursday. To me, it's a pretty big deal that uh, he's not going to be there because you it's the time that you actually get to talk to everybody and make deals and whatever, but... You know, we'll save that for Thursday. Anyway, uh, thanks for everyone who tuned in live on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We'll try and do this a little bit more often. That's all we got for you today on this 79th edition. Shout out Cyber Bob. Shout out Luis. Yeah, shout out both of them for making the, making stuff like this happen. Uh, we'll try and get Bob at Mike next time. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna be able to, but um, he can talk tell you guys every 79 who's ever played for the yeah, Cleveland Browns. I'm sure. Shout out uh, to Cyber Bob was the only one that got the foreigner reference too. By the way. <laughs> Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, tell a friend, tell an enemy. We'll be right back here on Thursday. Until then, everybody, have a good week.